What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 79 of The Sco Show. My name is Mark Schofield, proudly back in the big chair for today, Tuesday, February 25th, 2020, live from Indianapolis, site of the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. Day one is more or less in the books. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends all took to the podium. Not exactly the field, but they took to the podium today, as well as some assorted NFL general managers and head coaches Noticeably absent in that group, of course, is Bill Belichick. Doesn't really talk to the media from the podium. So you won't be hearing from him. But you will be hearing from some tight ends. And you will be hearing from some quarterbacks. Got some audio from Stephen Sullivan, from some other tight ends, as well as some Cole McDonald and Anthony Gordon talk. So you're going to be hearing from those guys. But before we do anything, your usual reminders. Please do follow along on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. You can find videos and stuff all over the timeline today from my exploits in Mobile. And check out the work in places like Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's RSP, where I've got a piece coming out on Cole McDonald and Anthony Gordon, as well as SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and right here on Pat's Pulpit. Let's start briefly with a quick sort of recap. And as you might expect, there were two places in Indianapolis that were absolute mob scenes. Joe Burrow, when he took to the podium, and Tua Tungvaluwa, when he took to the podium. And so noticeably absent from the scrum in front of those two podiums is yours truly, because I was talking to other people. But Burrow basically put to rest the whole will he play for Cincinnati right out of the gate, and also sort of last night, Monday night, put to rest the hand size debate when he said he was going to retire because his hands were too small and the ball was going to fall out of his tiny baby hands, which is just an incredible tweet. But I think Burrow handled it, from what I understand and from what I saw afterwards, the best he could. He put that to bed so he'll play for whoever drafts him. I know now people are saying that, look, he's not throwing. What else does Joe Burrow have to do to sort of prove to you that he's quarterback one in this draft? Tua Tungo Vallejo also had a great podium session. I caught the tail end of it. Um, seemed very confident, seemed confident in his abilities, confident in his lower body. So that's all great, well, and done. This is a Patriots show. We're going to start with the tight ends. I talked to Adam Trotman again very briefly because um, I had already heard from him down in Mobile. And then I moved on. And the first player that I got a chance to really hear from was Stephen Sullivan, um, the LSU tight end. And we're going to play some audio from his media session. Um, I think you're going to find it very insightful. He's a player that you want to root for. So he's a bit of LSU tight end, Stephen Sullivan. Wide receiver, I feel like I had a big uphand 
on all of that. No, I feel like that's that's all in your heart, man. Uh, it depends on what type of heart you got, and uh, I feel like it, it, either you grew up with it or you just don't have it. And um, I'm the type of guy that that had adversity growing up, and um, I always just wanted to go out there and compete every single day. So even when I'm playing tight end, if it's just if I'm just willing to block, then that's just another thing I can get better at. We call that having that dog. Right, right, right. A lot of guys have it. Is that something that you uniquely have to have? And if you don't, can you bring that out of somebody that may not have it? I mean, uh, I feel like you can, maybe. Um, I feel like you always have that guy in the back that just have that talent, but just need that little that little pull to get it out of him. Um, um, as a leader, you got to find that in your teammates. And um, you got to find that in individuals and see what they can do and what they can't do. So uh, when you pull that dog out of somebody, you really can see what they can do for sure. Um, I feel like just willing to block, I guess, um, um, tight end. I bought in when Coach Brady came in and during the spring and uh, he asked me to play the position. And when I bought in, I was all for it. So uh, I feel like blocking is something that I really improved on for sure. Just to clarify, it was just this year that you played some tight end? Yes, sir, my senior year. So, none in your past? No, sir. I played uh, tight end uh, spring, fall. I played a little bit. I played like five or six games during the season. And then Terrence Marshall got hurt. And uh, Coach Brady asked me to come back to receiver. So I went back to receiver. But um, he always told me that if I go to the NFL, I'll play tight end. So I, I try to keep my weight. And uh, when I went to the senior bowl, I played tight end. So that first time in the spring when you had your hand down and you had to block somebody. First time ever. Yes, sir. Uh, it was uncomfortable. And uh, I didn't like it at all, honestly. Um, but Coach Brady had showed me some film. Um, I bought into it. Um, I liked the mismatches, and I was all for it. How much weight have you put on last year? So I came in at LSU. I was like maybe two, 220. Um, I played receiver at 230. Uh, so when I when I went to tight end, I gained. I, I was like 240. Um, I went to the Senior Bowl like 240, 242, 243. And I came here and weighed at 248. And you can be comfortable. Oh, yes, sir. I still feel like 220 now. So. You've been through a mountain of adversity. You know, his brother got to live under a bridge. Y'all have just been through so many things in your life. Just talk about what it means for you to be standing right here. Uh, it means a lot, man. Um, coming where I come from, growing up how I grew up. Uh, like I said, a lot of people in my city don't have this opportunity. A lot of people don't, don't come this far. And, um... Like with my brother's situation, um, I love him to death, but they just ch they chose the road path, the wrong path. Um, I decided to go another route. Um, I had people pulling me to go a different route, and I had people pulling me to go the right route. Um, I, I decided to go to the right route. Um, and I feel like that was just the right thing to do, and just my success is showing now. Is that something that kind of fuels you today with the transition from receiver to tight end, or just talk a little bit about that? Uh, I try not to think about it too much because. Uh, it's just, it's just something that I really don't talk about. And like uh, coming out, uh, I felt like I just have to tell a story and I feel like I have to tell my story. So like this year, my senior year is, is actually when I started talking about the whole situation. Um, so I just I just really want to give kids motivation uh, and let them know to just never not to give up. And, uh, 
You just never know when your opportunity is going to come, and when it comes, you just got to take full advantage of it. And then making that transition to tight end, just talk about like what you have been through from standing up, flex out, and now putting your hands in the dark. Just talk uh, about the transition with that. Uh, the transition was tough, man. Um, being in the three-point position, I was very uncomfortable. I didn't like it at all. Uh, but now I'm comfortable with it. And, uh, it feels good down there. Um, and sometimes when Coach Brady, he'll flex me out wide at the beginning of the season. And then when I was flexed out wide, it's just all come back natural because I play receiver, you know. And um, the transition wasn't too bad. Uh, it really was just the three-point stands. If I could be a tight end and be in the two-point stands, then everything would be all good, you know. But uh, now I'm comfortable with it. So. Is there anyone in the NFL that you try to model your game after with the transition? Um, tight end from... Um, the Raiders, uh, what's his name? Darren Waller. Darren Waller. You mentioned that transition receiver to tight end. How were you able to do that from a physical perspective? Because you know it's a lot yeah. tougher when you're. Yeah. Um, I always used to talk to him when I was tight end, Foster Monroe. And uh, he was a tough guy. He probably one of the toughest guys on the team. And um, you just really just have that, that mentality. You just got to have that want to. And I feel like if you have that one thing, you're just not going to let anyone just bully you all over the field, you know. So uh, it's really just having that one two and having that mentality that you want to do it. You went, down to the senior... you went down to the senior bowl and showed that you could catch the ball pretty well. You didn't get a lot of chances at, at LSU. So how did you kind of go through, like not pressing too much when the ball, you know what I mean, yeah. to where you're, you're trying to do too much when you finally get a charge? Say it again. How did you go about not pressing too much when you finally do have the ball coming to you? Oh, um, I mean, I never complained of not getting the ball. You know, I was always a team player. And um, I got it. I got the ball like a few times my junior and my senior year. I mean, my junior and my sophomore year. But um, me getting the ball, it wasn't really, it wasn't nothing that I'd be excited about. You know, it just, it's just, I guess it's just something that I'm used to. When, it, when it's, it's just catching, you know. And uh, I try to look at it like me playing in the back of the park and uh, just having fun. So let's just try to run that. Who'd you root for growing up? Say that again? What did you root for growing up? School or NFL team? NFL. I really didn't have an NFL team. Um, my favorite player was uh, Calvin Johnson. So. Who were the tight ends you watched growing up that modeled your game after? I didn't watch any tight ends growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Plans for your first NFL paycheck? If I'm playing for my what? Plans for your first NFL paycheck? Oh, I just want to get a house, I guess. Yeah. Excuse me. What did AD he met me when I was um, I was probably like four or five years old. He the one that first put a football in my hand. Um, he saw me and my brother playing football outside of our apartment, and uh, he drove by. I guess I don't know where he was going. Then he pulled over. He asked me how old I was. I was this tall kid, and I told him my age, and he didn't believe me. And uh, so he asked what my mom was, and uh, I told him. Then he went inside to talk to my mom, and the next thing you know, started playing football. You mentioned that you're here. Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Um, he kind of knew already that I had the potential to go to the NFL. It's just how how much willing I was work, wanted to work. And uh, me growing up, man, I just think about it every day, and I think about how far have I came, and how the people in my city don't get this far at all. And um, so I just look at that as motivation. Very almost inspiring stuff there from Stephen Sullivan, who is a player that almost you want to root for the kid. Um, talked a lot about 
you know, the, the sort of difficult past that he's had, um, the situation with his brother and how he had sort of two roads in front of him and his brother made a different choice and he went down a much different path and a path that has taken him to the National Football League, it looks like. And so certainly a player that you, you do want to root for, got a tremendous story, but you also heard from him how, you know, he handled the move to tight end and how he handled sort of the new opportunity that was put in front of him by the LSU coach and staff, moving him around a bit. Certainly a player that I think Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are going to like. I think they're going to like what they see on the field as well. We've done a lot of mock drafts so far. we had a lot of mock drafts where we've got him in the seventh round or so. If he tests well, I think that could almost solidify him getting picked sometime you know, on day three, perhaps by the New England Patriots. Next tight end we're going to hear from is Bryson Hopkins, the Purdue tight end, sort of a move type guy. You're going to hear him even say, look, I'm probably a move type guy. I'm a guy that's going to move around in the National Football League. That's what teams seem to be telling me that they're going to want me to do. Um, but he's training with Derek Mason. You know, obviously, he's got a little bit of wide receiver in him, but also could be an option for the New England Patriots sometime probably on day two or so. catch the ball so um in practice in training anything and you know we do a lot of the um the jugs machine we just get quarterbacks out there just whether you're standing still whether you're real close to the jugs far away put it on high speed whether you got a quarterback that's hitting you in movement uh just repetitions is how i learn and how i get better at things i'm a I'm visual learner i'm a, a active learner i like to get my hands on so just repetition, just keep going through the motions, keep catching that ball, focus on keeping my eyes on it until it's in my hands and tucking it in and not thinking about what I'm going to do with the ball before it even gets to me, you know, so don't get too excited, just work on securing the catch. So you would say some of those drops you had on concentration? Oh, yes, concentration drops for sure. Who do you think you most compared to in the NFL? You know, I like, uh, I want to say George Kittle, but, you know, that's a, uh, that's a big shot right there. I like Zach Ertz. I like his game. I think he does a great job of um, just using his, his raw talent and also his brain. You know, he's a real smart player. He's exactly where he needs to be at the right time. Um, I think he, he just knows what he's doing and he's got a confidence about him. So I admire him in that way. I know you already addressed this, but with going to Purdue, playing in the Big Ten, playing for Coach Brown, an offensive coach, how's that you know, got you ready for this opportunity here? Um, like I said, I think Coach Baum did a great job preparing me, just exposing me, I would say, just um, showing my capability, you know, uh, and, and using me in a way that he thought I was, thought it was fit for his offense. And even coming in, knowing that he was a tight ends guy and he was going to be able to use me well, was an exciting opportunity for myself. And I think he and I both took advantage of it. And I just had to understand the position that I was in and the opportunity that I had to make plays for the offense. And I think he just did a great job of getting me the ball and also putting me in line and showing that I could block a little bit and, and, and fight down there in the trenches. So uh, just all around, I think he did a good job of exposing me and, and the uh, player that I am. What you seeing? Did he just relax? You know, I haven't spoken to him in, in a few weeks or so, but just relax and, and enjoy the moment. Where do you see your usage at the next level? You said he got to play in line and practice and blocking, but do you see yourself more as a move tight end at the next level versus out where you're at? You know, I think, uh, I think that would be a, a, a 
uh, a good thing to say. Uh, I can see myself as a move tight end. There's no specific uh, position uh, like tight end. You know, there are multiple tight end positions you could say, but there's no specific way that I want to be played. I think uh, whatever the team uh, or the offense is going to ask of me, I'm going to do it. Um, so there's nothing that I'm worried about in that manner. I just want to play. So. If teams provide you any feedback on where they want to use you at the next level? You mean like a move tight end? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like probably more of a move tight end in, in, in that area. And But also they want me to be able to block. And when you're a move tight end, you got to be able to block and catch. So um, I think they're both they plan on using that and using my athletic background. Who have you been working with the boost? And your dad kind of put you through? Yeah, he's coaching my entire blocking scheme. So anything to do with blocking, I'm being coached by my dad, Brad Hopkins, and in the receiving game, I'm being coached by Derek Mason, who was a, a you know a teammate of my dad. Also played with the Ravens. He's got plenty of experience, holds records. You know, he's a he's a great detail oriented uh, receiver, and uh, he's doing a great. He did. He did a great job preparing me for this. How much time in those two guys who played in the league, obviously been around it, and they've benefited um, Immensely. Uh, they did a great job of just showing me um, what this process was all about and and what was important in it and, and how the mindset to have going into it, how prepared I had to be for it. Uh, I think they did a great job of just harping on this is the NFL, it's a business, you know, you got to have that business attitude and remember that you're fighting to take food off another man's grown plate so the work starts now uh, behind the scenes and uh, they did a great job of getting me to where I'm at. Where is Boost? Where is Boost? It's off Highway 100 in Nashville, okay. Okay. it's right in Nashville, yeah. What does it mean to you to have the opportunity to kind of carry on in the family business? I'm back to play just like you're It's got to mean something special to you. Yeah, of course it does. Um, he had a great career, a great long career. Um, and, and a lot of people know him for, for the things that he did on the field. I would like to be that same way, hold that Hopkins name, but at the same time build my own brand and my own name as Bryson Hopkins. And uh, so whenever people think of me, they think of my dad, and whenever people think of him, they think of me. So uh, I would love to just carry on that tradition and that name. At what point did you realize Rondell Moore was going to be special? <coughs> Northwestern, uh, 2018, he just – went off you know in the beginning of the in the, uh, camp you, you see it but you don't get to see it in a game setting you see his athleticism his ability uh, a lot of people i would say they knew he was good they might have doubted him when he came in uh, but he's just a great all-around player and i think the film shows for it he's got a crazy freakish athletic ability that not many other people have and he does a great job of just using it and whatever he's catching, not getting tackled, whether he's breaking someone's ankles, he does it all, so he's a great player. We don't know about Rondell, but who's a, a guy that we're not talking about right now that we will be a year from now for Purdue? Well, you are talking about him a little bit. His name's David Bell. Uh, he's a great receiver. His hands are out of this world, uh, and he's disciplined. He just wants to play football. He just wants to win. You know, he's got something something about him that tells you that he, he just wants to be there to win, and, and that's a teammate that you want to have on your team. He's just someone who's willing to try and put the team on their back when nothing's going that way, and that's him. Big Ten's known for tough defenses. Who's the toughest guy you faced in a game? You're not the most talented, but the toughest guy you saw in a game. I said earlier, A.J. Epinesa, you know, um, we had been battling for a few years, so I played him for three years straight. I think he did a great job of just doing what the defense demanded of him and using his big body and his athleticism, his length to to make plays in the field. And, you know, I saw that, you know, he comes off the line hard. He really just tries to get in the backfield and make plays. And, 
you know, it's not all about the, the glam and the extra. He's, he just wants to make plays, and he'll get right back on the line of scrimmage and do it again. So. History. Man. Back when I used to play Madden, I used to play a lot with Peyton Manning. So, you know, I know that's kind of can't happen now. But, you know, it's a, uh, I used to admire him, and I thought he was a great all-around quarterback. Um, he put the ball exactly where it needed to be almost at all times. So that would be, yeah. What team do you pick? I pick whoever's winning. So, you know, whoever's got the highest score, whoever I'm going to beat my opponent with. So I'm not really a, a fair player. I'm just going to bandwagon it. Yeah. So I got one more for Bryson. Bryson, what makes you different than all the guys in this room? Um, actually, I already answered that question oh. if you want to. Yeah, sorry. I don't want to waste the last question on that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite? There's a lot lying on the, on, on this opportunity that I have here, um, you know. But there's nothing like that game atmosphere, and you know, I wouldn't say it's nervousness. It's more of of excitement, and you know, you have your doubts in your head at times. You know, they leak in, but. You just got to put a stop to that and realize that this is the opportunity of a lifetime. You get 12 of these a year. I understand I get one of these in a lifetime, but at the same time, uh, if it's a big game, there's a lot more on the line because I'm here to represent myself and my team. But at the same time, when you're on the field, you are, you are playing as a team. You have 10 other guys on that offense relying on you uh, to do your job. So uh, there's a lot more on the line in that manner. Um, but here I am here to represent myself and, and help my stock out just become a better player, but I would have to say before it began. And finally, we're going to close out the tight end portion of today's show with Alberto, Albert Okwebenal. I found him fascinating to talk to, and I actually wrote a piece about Albert and what he told us during the media day portion here. It's up on Pat's pulpit right now because I found it fascinating. One of the players that he studied film on, one of the players that he tried to emulate is exactly the player that the New England Patriots kind of need to re- replace at the tight end position. But after the jump ball, you know how he contorted his body and made those athletic catches. And then when I got to college and started to transition to a tight end, um, I watched a lot of different tape. You know, uh, having Derek Dooley come over from the Cowboys, he brought over a lot of a lot of terminology and concepts from them. So, you know, watched a lot of Witten tape. Uh, definitely watched a lot of uh, Gronk tape. You know, I really admire how he has a balance to his game. You know, he's, he's, he's dominant in both the run and pass game, and, you know, I try to emulate that. And then as far as uh, receiving threats, you know, you got Kelsey that I watched. Um, you got Ertz, and then uh, with their receiving ability, and then Kittle, you know, how he does a little bit of everything, you know, and he can stretch the field vertically. Um, I mean, personally, I, personally, I really like to stretch the field. You know, I, I like using my speed to my advantage. Um, so, you know, I, I love when, when coaches have the confidence to let me stretch the field. You know, being a tight end, you know, I, I feel like that's a big thing that I can add is just create mismatches and, and just add that element to the game. And, uh, you know, just, just um, so that route particularly, but, you know, I feel comfortable doing, doing a wide variety of routes, you know, whether it's short to intermediate, uh, singled up, out wide, you know, against a corner, um, you know, whatever. Uh, can we repeat that? Um, just I, I, lo- I love how a lot more is demanded. You know, we're, we're able to have a much bigger role um, all over the field. You know, whether it's, 
I like how we can have a, a big a big impact on the run and pass game, if, if that makes sense. You know, just just how we're always at the point of attack. You know, we can never just take a playoff. Um, you know, I just love the amount of pressure and uh, amount of trust you have to have from your coaches and guys. You know, I really enjoy that about it. Why NFL QB would you love to catch passes from? Um, I can't. I can't pick one in particular. You know, what I mean, with the with the amount of talent the quarterbacks that they have, um, you know, a lot of them are doing a great thing, uh, doing a lot of great things, and I'm just really excited to get with one and and uh, make some great things happen. Who'd you root for growing up? Um, I, I didn't have a one particular team that I, I rooted for individually. You know, being from Illinois, I used to watch a lot of the Chicago Bears. So if I did have one team that that I rooted for, it'd be them. Growing up, you know, they might need a tight Yeah. Has that occurred to you? Um, a little bit, you know, you see, you see flashes of it, you know, on social media, stuff like that. But, you know, it, it, it's so unpredictable. You know, I try not to get too invested in, in all that stuff. How, how difficult is the position to learn as a rookie? You always hear NFL coaches talk about it might be the most difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, but, you know, um, you know, be, be, being a ball player, you know, I embrace that challenge. You know, I'm really excited for it. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's just ball. You know, it's what I do. It's who I am. It's what I love. So I'm really excited for it. Albert, it's a, this tight end class, there's a lot of guys sort of stuck together there. Is there anything that you feel is really important for you in this process to sort of differentiate yourself from the group? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this combine process is huge, you know, whether it's interviews, whether it's um, uh, just the on-the-field workouts, you know, our measurables. I feel like all that's going to factor in, you know, how we separate ourselves. And, you know, I'm just really enjoying the process and looking forward to, you know, the results. Is there anything specific that you look at, like, I have to do this specific thing to prove to teams that I... I can separate myself from the, the group. I mean, not really, just because there's so much that goes into it. You know what I mean? There's so many different factors. It's, you can't just focus on one. But um, I will say I'm really excited for the on-the-field workouts. Yeah. What helped you become better as a blocker over your time at Um, Initially, you know, just uh, getting used to the, the, the physicality of it. You know, just being a wide receiver, coming from high school, you know, not really much in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. So... That was big, you know, just um, learning the techniques, consistently having those techniques, um, learning different leverages and, and all that stuff. And once you put it all together, you know, you start you start, and start trusting the technique. It starts to become a lot easier. And, uh, you know, I started to see that over my years and get, get a lot more comfortable in that role. Who are the players you kind of watch growing up and you try to pattern yourself after? So um, in high school, you know, I played wide receiver. So, you know, a guy that I used to admire a lot and uh, try to emulate my game after was Calvin Johnson. But specifically how he attacked the jump ball and, you know, with, uh, contort his body and make those athletic catches. That's a guy that I, I watched a lot. What about tight ends now that is your transition that position? Yeah, so um, like I said a little bit earlier, um, when, Derek, when Derek, uh, Coach Derek Dooley came over from the Cowboys, you know, he brought a lot of terminology, concepts from the Cowboys. And uh, so I watched a lot of Witten tape, you know, watched how he had a success in that offense. Um, and then the other, I watched a lot, of, a lot of other tight ends in the league as well. You know, from a receiving standpoint, you know, I saw a lot of Ertz and Kelsey, you know, how they're able to get open. And then uh, definitely a lot of Gronkowski, you know, I really admired the balance he has in his game to be effective in the, in the running pass game, definitely try to emulate that. And then uh, Kittle, you know, I, he, does a lot of, he does a little bit of everything, plays with great energy and can stretch the field. You know, I definitely like that. How did being in two kinds of offenses, first with Coach Heichel and Coach Dooley, that? It was good just because they had very different – uh, philosophical views on, on offense. So it was good to see, you know, both spectrums uh, being two different systems and, you know, just learn, learn a lot of football terminology. It was good. What was it about Rob Gronkowski's game that stands out most to you? 
just really his, his ability to do everything. You know what I mean? Just just everything you can ever ask for a tight end. You know, be able to split out wide. You may end up against a corner. Um, an open field, uh, in the red zone, be able to move him anywhere and uh, create a mismatch, as well as just um, utilize him in the run game. You can play every down. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to bring him off the field for anything. And you know, as a tight end, you know, you take a lot of pride in that. So, uh, really appreciated his game and all he could do, and definitely trying to emulate that. All right, guys, one more for Albert. You got it. Good. So there you go. There's some of the audio from the tight ends of today's combine. Up next, Cole McDonald, Anthony Gordon. Two quarterbacks I had a chance to hear a lot from. You're going to hear them after we take a little break here on episode 79 of The Scope Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 79 of The Scho Show. And while I got a chance to hear from guys like Jake Fromm, who had an informal meeting with the New England Patriots, read into that what you will, as well as Justin Herbert, Jacob Eason, Jake Luton also apparently was asked by the Patriots how he'd feel about replacing Tom Brady. The two quarterbacks I spent the most time with were Hawaii's Cole McDonald and Washington State's Anthony Gordon. And I wrote a piece uh, about some of their answers that you're going to hear from in a moment. Um, It's over at Matt Waldman's site. It'll be up at some point. But I was really kind of enjoying the conversation with both of these guys, both the questions that I was asking as well as the questions that others were asking. Derek Clawson from Roto World, for example, had some great questions as well for both Gordon and Cole McDonald. Trevor Sycamore from the Draft Network had to ask Cole McDonald about the dreads. May they rest in peace. So up first, we're going to hear from Cole McDonald. Um, you're going to hear questions from me about some of the raw concepts he likes to throw, a throw that he'd like to have back, a throw he made against BYU. And then a little bit later, we're going to have Anthony Gordon. But up first, Cole McDonald. He says um, being able to be efficient in NFL offense, you know, whether it's you know physically, mentally preparing. Um, I'm an athletic guy. I can move around. I can adjust from the half roll to the center drops. Um, just the speed of the game that I got to get used to. Um, and that comes with, like I said, preparation and actual reps on the field. So just working, man, just grinding, and uh, you know, hopefully – Get an opportunity to go out there and ball. What, um, what can you trains like these things from? What can you feel and like from the Hawaii offense? Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're a big full field progression team. So that means reading defenses, hitting timing and spacing. Uh, for me, I'm very athletic, throwing pretty fast and quick receivers. Uh, so we're gonna have to be very accurate. I'm a very accurate quarterback. Um, oftentimes, you know, I feel like I can translate up to the NFL in terms of accuracy, reading defensive coverages, and ultimately executing winning games. And then. Um, just what have you been doing, like training? Where do you train at? How have you been preparing for this week? And what's the next step after this week? Yeah, so I train at uh, with Jordan Palmer down at uh, Dana Point and J. Sarah. Uh, so, you know, kind of what that entails is, you know, we're just working on a lot of fundamentals, whether it's physical, mentally. Uh, for me, a lot of people critique my, my big motion. Um, so we're just we're just doing stuff to um, counteract that in terms of shortening my front stride. Standing tall, which is all going to, you know, shorten my uh, my throwing motion. Uh, mentally, working in the film room, just studying football, just doing the game, and then uh, executing. What's your favorite part about playing football? Competition. Uh, you know, competition with the camaraderie. You know, you have you know men in your locker room that you're going to, you know, have in your wedding, you for life, and uh, call friends at any moment of the day's news. And uh, you know, for me, being on that field, being with those men around me, uh, and then ultimately competing for. You know, Whatever goal we want to have, uh, you know, the next level, obviously, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, that's what I love to stand for. You know, the opportunity that it brings on and off the field. What led you to Hawaii? Uh, the only place I would want me. <laughs> Not a lot of schools wanted me. Uh, I was really under recruited. Um, so, you know, coming out of high school, didn't get, get an opportunity. Well, I was the only Division One school to offer me a full scholarship. Uh, you know, I committed there without looking at anything. Who was on the team, coaching staff record. Uh, I wanted to change the culture, and I started judicial. Who's the toughest player you saw uh, on film this year, watching from other teams? I'd say uh, Miles Bryant from Washington. Yeah, uh, the kid's a, he's an animal, man. He just knows, has a knack for the ball. And there's not a lot of kids that can, you know, just feel feel routes and uh, drive on the ball like he drives on it. Um, He's a hard worker, and I know the kid personally, so uh, he's a great competitor and a great person as well. You mentioned your throw motion mechanics. Was that something you were working on in season? Because it looked like from the Arizona game to the BYU game, the mechanics actually tightened yeah, so up a bit. Obviously, you know, it was definitely my mindset. Um, for quarterbacks especially, you know, we have so much going on in terms of preparation for the week, you know, what, what we have to do. And, um, you know, it was conscious, but, you know, to make such a big adjustment mid-season, uh, it's not normally something that you want to do. Uh, so, you know, it was definitely in the back of my mind, pocketed away for, you know, off-season when I would come. I would have to work on my throwing motion. Um, but during the season, I was just focused on winning games, playing football. Uh, however I could. What was your favorite route concept to throw this year and why? You got a lot. Which one do you want? <laughs> what was your favorite? <laughs> um, we call it a street read. So uh, okay, it's a two-by-two yeah. two formation. Uh, and in the run and shoot, we're a big counter-based offense. So what that allows the receivers to do is read green post snap. So off of one round, they have five different options, depending on the coverage, whether it's zone or man. Um, so basically, you can't be wrong. Um, so you know, as long as the receiver and myself are on the same page, and we're actually at a high level and being efficient and getting the ball quick. That's a good it's answer. It's a street concept, so I, I'd have to draw it up on paper for you. No, I know, but that's where you've got the multiple reads, like exactly. two by two, so you've got either a post or a go, exactly. and then some of the guys on the inside. Yeah, in the windows. Yeah, yeah so uh, there's a lot that can go on. You know, if I have a pen and paper, I can draw it up right. for you. Each, each I'm sure you'll be doing that in a hotel suite pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
do you think those kinds of concepts in particular like help speed up your process just in general, even when you're not necessarily running those kinds of combo runs? Yeah, um, you know, they speed up your process. I mean, they're full field progressions. You know, a lot of times in college, quarterbacks are just throwing the guys, spacing. Um, they don't have to read a defense. Um, and for us, you know, reading a defense is very key in terms of um, you know, seeing the coverage pre-snap, you know, a lot of teams will disguise it, get to something different post-snap, having to adjust off of that, run your routes, um, being able to, you know, read your defense, and, you know, execute at a high level and be efficient, it's definitely going to help me in the future. What defense did you see this year that maybe gave you the most trouble, and what did you learn after, you know, maybe you were able to go back and watch the film from that? Offense? Yeah, I mean, um, there wasn't any one particular defensive coach that gave us trouble. Obviously, drop eight prevent. It's going to be tough for us because we're such a big pass team. So, you know, windows are going to be a little tighter. Um, we're going to have to get the ball out a little faster, maybe buy some time in the pocket if they're only rushing three. Uh, so I'd say, you know, drop eight prevent, uh, maybe cloud, three cloud, if they're only rushing three. So. If you could have one throw back from this season, what throw would it be and why? <laughs> um, throw. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's definitely a couple. Um, I'd say Air Force game, uh, Cedric Bird. Street, we had a street concept, so he's reading the safety. It's a cover two look. Chase safety's folks runs an amazing route. Flying down the field, hits the post. Missing by like two yards. You know, just one of those plays where you just like get your hopes up, throw a dime. It's just like right out of reach. Uh, if we got that back, it would have been a different story in that game. Uh, we ended up losing that game, sadly. Uh, but that would have been a play I would have wanted back. So I think it's fair to say you're a pretty aggressive quarterback. In your experience, maybe with yourself and being around different quarterbacks, do you think it's easier for an aggressive quarterback to kind of come a little bit down yeah. or for a guy who's really conservative to kind of build up? How are you, buddy? Um, you good, especially yeah? at this next level, uh, you're not aggressive. You're not, you know, be aggressively conscious of, of what you're doing. Um, you know, I think you can, you can do a lot of damage, you know, having to go from being a, you know, maybe not as an aggressive quarterback to having to be, you know, taking over an offense, being able to do full field progression reads, reading defenses on the fly, especially in the league where it's disguises everything. You have grown men that have been 10-year vets, you know, playing with you as a rookie. Um, I think that being able to control that aggressiveness is going to be very helpful in the future for me um, in my career. Uh, he asked about like your favorite route concepts. Did you have like for each receiver, like if he was running one particular route, like you knew, like it was, like he was good. I mean, you know, I never threw to guys. That's, that's okay. our, we, I mean, I throw the open man, you know, so I wouldn't see like, okay, I got bird on this. Now, in man-to-man -man coverage, we call it KYP, knowing your personnel. Say I got a fast slot. I'm not so great of a coverage man. You know, I may, I may pick on him a little bit more, give him an opportunity, hold my eyes a little longer. But uh, I'm not, you know, looking for guys like, okay, I got Bird right here. I'm going to wait for Bird. It's, you know, they're up and I'm hitting them regardless. It doesn't matter who it is. The bowl game against BYU, Lee, oh, you yeah. had that third and one, and you had that crossing road underneath, but you hit that deep uh, hole shot along the left sideline. Oh, yeah. Was there any doubt in your mind you were going to throw that when you saw that coverage? Because I'm seeing it. I'm thinking, oh, you're yeah. going to take that shallow and get the first down. No, you know, especially in our offense, we're uh, even on third down, fourth down, we're going to let it rip. You know, we're going to throw where, where the defense tells us to throw. Like I said, we're a big counter-based counter offense, so, you know, they're, they're going to play that little out route that we that, we, that uh, we were running. Yep. You know, I took advantage of that hole shot over the top. It doesn't matter if it's third and one, you know, or third and long. You know, we're going to run our offense to the, to the best of our ability. You know, we saw in the bowl game, it was, it was a fun time. So. It was a fun time. NFL <laughs>
Well, you're one of the only non-Power 5 quarterbacks here. Like, what is, does that have any significance that you're kind of one of that, you know, rare handful that are here? Yeah, man, I feel like I'm flying under a lot of people's radars. Uh, you know, my game talks for itself, going to Hawaii, putting up the numbers that I did in the scheme that I ran. Um, I feel like it's just a testament to the, to the coaching staff, to the team, um, and also to myself in terms of everybody working hard, buying into the program. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here without those young men in my life and those coaches influencing me, helping me and putting me in the best position. Is there any NFL offense that you think – I don't think any NFL offense is quite like Hawaii's, but is there any that you think is like fairly similar in your mind? I haven't really gotten anybody's playbook, so it's not like I can be like, this is a good offense. Right. I mean, they run the same stuff. You know, it's, I feel like any offense I go to, I can adjust. I'm a great athlete, smart. Uh, so, you know, wherever I go, I feel like I'm going to adjust pretty well. Sorry, if you, you got asked this already, but when you're making the decision to go pro early, like, what's that process like? Who are you talking with at that point? Say that again, sorry. When you're making the decision to leave early, like, what's the process like? Who are you leaning on? Who are you talking to at that point? Uh, you know, I have a couple mentors in my life that have uh, influenced me greatly. Obviously, our quarterback coach, Craig Stutzman, our pops, you know, Brian Moniz, my speed coach, Rick Agadorn. Um, you know, there are a lot of, you know, decisions that have been made this offseason. And, uh, just going into the decision, just ask those men in my life that influenced me very greatly. Uh, you know, ask them for their advice, internalize it, and then just made my own decision, prayed about it, man, just sat on it, and uh, just try to think very logically in terms of my career going forward. Whether it was playing. I loved a lot of what Cole McDonald said there. What I really liked was, first of all, the throw that he'd like to have back. And he talked about a throw, an aggressive passing concept that he missed on. And that really fits with the whole who Cole McDonald is as a passer. And you heard that in the answer he had to me later in that segment where he talked about that third down, that third and one throw against Hawaii where he had the crossing route to move the chains, but they were giving them that whole shot down the deep left side on it. He took it. And like you said, look, they're a counter-based offense. If if you're going to get that whole shot look from the defense, he's going to take it, whether it's third and one or fourth and long. And so I really liked Cole McDonald. Up next, though, Anthony Gordon. I liked a lot of what he had to say specifically about not just what he's working on as a quarterback, but also sort of his baseball background and what that's meant to him as well as, look, when you get some Mike Leach, some nerdy Y-Cross stuff, you know I'm going to like that as well. So here is Anthony Gordon. I know that uh, I've had a lot of great coaches and teammates who have helped me get to this point, and they would mean a lot to me. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Coach Leach uh, instills a lot of trust in his quarterback, and I was very thankful to earn that trust. You know, he doesn't just give it to anyone. So uh, I was uh, I was very thankful to have that. We had a great relationship, and he allowed the quarterback free round, free range to check whatever we felt like was the best play. And uh, he trusted that the quarterback would get us into good looks. And, uh, you know, Gardner did a great job. Luke and Gardner both did a great job of doing that uh, before me, and I learned from them. And uh, it allows you a lot of freedom, as you said, and it also allows you to kind of develop your skills in terms of reading defenses and uh, having good spatial awareness. Uh, I, I was ready to go. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time up there. I redshirted, sat two years, and then played this final year. So, uh, you know, it was an uh, accumulation of just kind of getting my feet under me through those four, those three years before I became the starter. So, had a good fall camp. Uh, had some great connections with the receivers. Was blocked by a, had a great offensive line blocking for me. Good running back. So, uh, you know, it was pretty seamless for me to get in there and just get rolling. 
Yeah, uh, to a certain point, you know, defenses change up their looks against us a good amount, too. If someone finds something that works, they're going to stick with it. But typically, games where we're rolling, we're going to see a bunch of different looks. So I'm just kind of reacting out there, you know, going through my reads. Since we're a very uh, progression-based offense, so I just go through my reads, one all the way to five, and just hit the open guy and uh, adjust the space. Uh, you know, they're a good defense. They're ran by a good defensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake. Does a great job over there. And... Uh, you know, that's kind of had us dialed in a little bit in terms of uh, in terms of uh, having a good scheme for us, but also we just kind of got a little little ahead of ourselves. You know, we moved the ball fine against them. We just have a tough time getting the ball into the end zone, and they feast off of a few mistakes that, that I make or, you know, turning the ball over. And then we just put our defense in tough positions uh, for us to come back and win as a team. Uh, I think a lot of it has to go with the trust I had in the offensive line, you know, led by a great offensive line coach, Mason Miller, did a great job of getting those guys ready each and every week. And, uh, you know, we practice so much together as an offense, so many reps. We don't have too many plays, but we rep every single play so many times. So I'm real comfortable in my reads, have a good understanding of where the blitzes are coming from and uh, knowing our receivers are going to go hot when they have to. And uh, like I said earlier, I had a great offensive line. It's pretty easy to be comfortable back there. Um, I think uh, you kind of see in every defense, we see anything from zero blitz to drop eight so uh, and everything in between. So, uh, you know, the, the amount of reps that I got, you know, you can't really replicate those throws any other way, you know, uh, other than live reps. And uh, very thankful for being able to start that one year and get over 500, 550 attempts. You know, that's a lot of attempts, and uh, a lot of people will knock the air raid for that. But, I mean, I don't think you could really beat that in terms of being a one-year starter. So, uh I think the amount of reps that I have is very beneficial for the next levels, being able to throw the ball from all three different levels of the field. Uh, I attribute a lot of it to baseball. I grew up a baseball player my whole life. Didn't start playing football until my freshman year of high school. So middle infielder too, so you kind of throw in a lot of... A lot of the time, turning double plays from real awkward angles. Any way you can get it out quick as you can, and then once I started playing football, I figured out pretty quickly that you know there's a fine line between baseball and football, but you can use your baseball background to your to your advantage. And uh, I've definitely done that. Uh, going to junior college as well, my my junior college coach always encouraged me, and able me being able to get the ball out from a bunch of different awkward angles. It really helps you out against pressure and getting the ball out quick. Uh, yeah, I've, I've met with a few teams. Uh, uh, I'm not very comfortable doing that. Are there, when you look around the NFL, are there teams, uh, schemes that, that you look at that you think that you would, uh, that would benefit your skill set? Uh, yeah, there's certain teams that do, but at the same time, you know, uh, I want to make sure I have no limitations based off of uh, whatever uh, whatever team that picks me. I don't want to have some sort of limitation on me in terms of under center or a scheme or anything like that. So I just want to make sure I'm dialed in and I'm ready to go in terms of any offense that I, I, I get picked by. Uh, I always grew up watching Brett Favre. Brett Favre was awesome. My dad and I always loved watching him. Uh, I love watching Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are a little bit cooler things, you know, they're in terms of running and wheeling and dealing, running and gunning, so that's always fun to watch. But I uh, love watching Tom Brady, the way how methodical he is. And uh, being from the Bay Area, you know, he went to Sarah High School in the Bay Area, so I always was a big fan of him. Uh, 
probably a little bit more baseball, but maybe watching Brett Farm highlights as a kid, running around in the backyard with my brothers and just throwing it as hard as I could at them, hoping they'd catch it. You know, it was awesome. You know, the, the Lions coach staff was a great coach staff. I was very, very thankful for the opportunity. Uh, they did a great job preparing me throughout the week and uh, allowed me an opportunity to improve every single day and compete every day, most importantly. So I had a great time there. Uh, coach Sean Ryan and Coach Daryl Bevel were great to me and, uh, you know, I had a real positive experience. Anthony, do you hope that Gardner Minshew's success last year helped you as team sort of evaluate? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Gardner Gardner did a great job throughout this past year, you know, breaking through and, uh, you know, doing a better, uh, doing more to really break down that air raid stereotype, and I'm very thankful for that. Gardner's a great friend of mine, still keep in touch with him uh, pretty often, and, uh, you know, I'm looking to, you know, take that and take it to the next step uh, at the next level. What's your best Gardner Minshew story? Oh, man, you guys probably heard them all. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think my favorite one's the hammer story, you know, where he tried to, try to break his own hand. He told us that during fall camp, and everyone was getting a big kick out of that. Uh, Gardner's full of a bunch of stories. He's awesome. Real funny. What was it like working under Mike um, It was a very unique experience, something that uh, can't really be mimicked. Uh, Coach is uh, something I'll, I'll always remember. You know, I talk to Coach quite often, too, and, um, you know, he's the only coach to give me an opportunity coming out of junior college, so I'm real thankful for that. And, uh, you know, he's a great coach, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a winner everywhere he's been, turned around every program, and I know that he's going to do great things at Mississippi State. Has Gardner given you any pointers on how the draft process works and anything like that? Is he somebody you can sort of go to for advice? Yeah, I could definitely go to him to, for advice. He reached out to me before this combine, just told me to be me and uh, control any room that I enter, and uh, I'll, I'll do great and uh, just be myself and compete. Most importantly, you know, uh, him and I both like to compete, and uh, I think that's uh, probably one of our most uh, similar characteristics. Uh, no. Were you surprised uh, Leach left at all? Or? Uh, I guess uh, I, I was caught off guard by it, but, uh, you know, I knew that coach is an unbelievable coach. I know that uh, a bunch of opportunities would be coming his way, and uh, I know that uh, people were probably coming knocking for years coming now, and uh, Mississippi State got a good one in him. Um, I'd say the ability to just kind of uh, react to spatial, uh, react to spots on the field. You know, uh, we don't really read coverage too much. Uh, we, we're more so into routes and uh, taking advantage of space and uh, different areas of uh, finding different areas to attack. You know, uh, coach breaks it down in a way where everyone's on the same page. So everyone expects a ball every single play when we're reading routes. If, whether it's a specific coverage or something, everyone's running 100 miles an hour. So uh, just being able to, uh, you know, trust the space on the field and just go at, uh, attack the leverage. What was your favorite route concept to run of Mike Leach's and why? Uh, I love that wide cross. You know, the yeah. signature wide cross is probably my favorite play, and I know that he'll say that's his favorite play too. So Gardner said the same thing last year. He said wide cross was his favorite. Is that, like, ability to make that full field progression read, is that something that's going to get you ready for the next level? No doubt. I think that translates to the next level. I think every team pretty much has a, some form of wide cross, and uh, we read ours left to right. We start at that vertical to the sail route, to the cross, to the dig. So uh, I think that's a... Is, it was one of my favorite plays, and it was on every third down script and something that we always uh, we had always run. Teams knew it would be coming, and we'd still execute it. What NFL team you I was a 49er fan growing up. Yeah, that was my dad's favorite team. We got a Joe Montana Christmas ornament on our Christmas tree and stuff, so I grew up a Niner fan. Um, yeah, I like watching Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. You know, they do some pretty unorthodox things. It's pretty cool. Uh, they get the ball off from a million different arm angles. But uh, I just grab up loving watching Tom Brady. Have you been able to reach out to some of the guys that just entered the league on 
perspective on, on being a rookie? Uh, yeah, I've talk, I talk to Gardner quite often. Andre Diller is one of my good friends, too. We had a few classes together, and uh, I'd always joke around with him and tell him he's going to be a first-round pick, and he didn't really believe it, but I know he did at the same time. Uh, Andre is a great player, and uh, the Eagles got a great one in him, and he's going to be in the NFL for a long time. And, uh, you know, Gardner told me just kind of be myself throughout this whole process, command any room I go into, and just make sure that uh, you know, I'm ready to compete first and foremost, which is what I love to do. Uh, KJ runs some great routes. Uh, you can tell in one on ones in every single route he ran. He ran it with a purpose. Sorry, excuse me. He ran it with a purpose, and uh, you know he knew how to get open. There's no secret to why he was so so successful at Ohio State, and I know that his game is going to translate to the next level. Uh, you know, he loves to compete uh, every day. He was bringing it in one-on-ones, and uh, like I said, there's no doubt that he's going to be successful at the next level. Uh, in terms of his uh, route runningness, his, uh, his route running, his savviness and all that, you know, he's real deceptive in his routes and uh, has some great hands. Uh, we connected on a little seam throw during practice one day and uh, made a great catch. It skimmed right over the DB's head, and he just he tracked it perfectly, kept on running right after. So, uh, you know, there's no doubt his game's going to translate. Uh, it was cover one, some man coverage. Tried to look off the safety to the left, and he was our right slot. Uh, and let him, he beat the guy off the ball, and I just tried to drop it in for him, let him go get it. And he did a great job tracking it, making sure that he made the catch. Nope. If there was one throw you could have back from last season, what throw would it be and why? Uh, say probably the interception against Washington, the second one. Uh, we're down 28-13. If we score, we're down by one possession. And uh, now I was scrambling and just trying to throw it. And, Sailed a little bit high, and you know, Washington, they're going to feast on those mistakes. They're a great defense and they have some great players, so definitely got to be a little bit more careful with the football. Have you gotten to know Jacob Eason through this process at all? Or? Yeah, we have a few mutual friends. Uh, since he's a Washington kid, I uh, grew up in Seattle, you know, some of his buddies went to Washington State, and uh, you know, his, friend, his friends are great friends of mine, too, some good guys, and uh, met him a few times, knew him, uh, said what's up to him after the Washington game, and then uh, talked to him throughout this process. He's a cool guy, and uh, you know, looking forward to following his success in the NFL. How has this whole process been for you so far? Because I just seen you both, you had a great game. How was that week for you, and what have you done since to get to today? Uh, that week was awesome. I had a great time. A lot of, a lot of improvement and a lot of competing, uh, which is what I love to do, like I said earlier. And, uh, you know, the Senior Bowl is a great opportunity to showcase that I'm not just a system quarterback and I'm, I can't just sit in the shotgun the whole entire time. You know, I went under center, spent some time in the gun, throwing quick passes, throwing some deeper routes. So uh, I thought that was real good and I uh, had a great time with the Lions coaching staff. They did a great job getting me ready throughout the week. And then uh, in between then and now, I've just been, you know, hammering the under center, making sure I'm able to be able to get off all these throws at the combine, the five rhythm, the five with a hitch, throwing that deep post corner to vertical. So uh, just been preparing for that and uh, looking forward to putting that on display on Thursday. So you are throwing? Yes, sir. There's always a lot of conjecture this time of year about you know, the picking order. Yeah. I don't pay too much attention to it. You know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, wherever I get picked, you know, that team's going to be lucky. Uh, you know, it's just a lane assignment is uh, what uh, Chris Carter was telling us. You know, wherever you get picked, it's just a lane assignment, and it's what you do with that. Everyone has the same uh, same opportunity to win the race, and then whatever team gets me is going to be lucky, and I'm ready to go compete. So there you have it. Some combine audio, some prospects that may or may not be New England Patriots in a couple of months or so, but either way, some cool stuff from the Combine. And more cool stuff is coming your way tomorrow. We've got 
offensive linemen. We've got kickers. So we're going to be hearing from guys like Ben Barch, guys like Ben Bredenson, um, some offensive linemen that might be potential New England Patriots draft picks in the next couple of weeks or so. So more to look forward to here from Indy as well as, look, we're going to start going out at night. We're going to start hearing some some buzz, some scuttlebutt. So if I hear any rumors, I will be sure to pass them along to you. As always, do follow along on Twitter at Mark Schoolfield for the latest and all the hijinks live from Indianapolis. Until next time, friends, please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxborough.